1: Welcome along to the Far Post of Perth podcast. My name is Neil Sherwin and I'm delighted to be joined around the table again for another week by Donna Jaffray and Blaine Tregold. How are we guys?
2: Good, how are you?
1: I'm fine. It's our last podcast of the year, so we're gonna try to go out with a bit of a bang. bang. Good, goods, yep, son. Uh undefeated in the league and looking forward to Christmas and keep it going. Yeah, we've got lots coming up. Uh we've got Jason Davidson on the podcast, Perth Glory left back who scored his first goal for the, the club at the weekend, we'll talk about the uh, game at the weekend, the game this coming Friday, and the rest of the A-League action. So, But first, we've got to talk about the big news that broke just before we started recording, and it's that Jose Mourinho will not be coming to Perth as part of the Man United Tour. Um, as, as a non-Man United fan, I'm devastated, I thought he was doing great work there, but looks like the guys at Up the Stadium and uh, other promo um, companies will have to re-jig a few ads, and who are we gonna see playing? Who's coming to Perth?
3: I oh, wouldn't have a clue, mate. Wouldn't have a clue,
1: don't really care. Of course you care, you're playing your elites. You got a vested interest uh, in it. Yeah. No. Zidane, yeah. Donna. Who yeah. would you like? Zidane. You want Zidane? Yep. Has he done anything there? Has he proven? He
2: did it in Madrid.
1: I think they bring back David Moyes. He's still got time. He's still that time on that contract he signed 5 years ago. So there get him there in. Every match,
2: bring him back.
1: But yeah, so that's um that's something that has a slight slight little connection to Perth considering we'll be uh, we'll be hosting Man United up the stadium. But until then we've got a lot of A-League to talk about and there was a game at the weekend Perth Glory came away from Newcastle with a 2-0 win, the second longest trip, Playing to Sydney, bus to Newcastle, 3 points, same journey on the way back. And we're we're done business business like I think is fair to describe it playing. It was a little bit unnerving at the start, within just a few seconds the the, the Jets could have gone in front, but Glory went straight up the other end, got a penalty, Joel China fell, slotted home by Neil Kilkenny, who they said had never taken a penalty before, which was slightly worrying as he was doing his run up. And then our uh, our new friend Jason Davidson uh, came up with the with the second goal. So I think it's just a business-like performance it wasn't flashy you put it with three points
3: it was an odd odd game wasn't it because um geez if newcastle had taken their chances then um which which they didn't obviously and, and, and
1: i heard a great a great quote uh, watching some nfl there today uh, to describe stats because this was a very one side on the stats board it says stats are like a bikini they show you some things but not everything
3: yeah that's true that's so true, true. Um, but yeah it could have been a whole different game if, if that, first, that first ball had gone in um, yeah. and it really would have got the crowd up and the um, and the home team kind of bosom a little bit um, uh, not that I think we'd have too much trouble in coming back from a 1-0 at Newcastle with our record there and the team that we've got but it still would have um, been a little bit worrying.
1: Well, Donna, no Castro. I mean, that's where we've, we've, we've got to look at. Before the game, I hadn't penciled in to start, and then I only found out afterwards that he didn't even fly over. But there was a little bit of a niggle that they wanted to look after and manage, and hopefully he can go for Sydney. But when you factor in, you've got no Castro. Speranovic is s- sidelined. Alex Grant is sidelined. Scott Neville. Wande. Uh, yep. Italiano only working his way back. You're looking at five or six players who will be in the first team or on the bench. And yet you can still go to the Jets and come away with a 2-0 win.
2: Yeah, I was saying it wasn't the, the best of performance, but it hasn't been for the last few weeks. I haven't been very impressed. But um, you're still coming away with either a point or three points, and you're still scoring goals. So I guess that's all that matters. They are not, um, they don't seem to be struggling, and they seem to have a good cohesion on the pitch. They all seem to know what their positions and what their roles are. Last, um, you know, The last few seasons, you've seen that when you've either been 1-0 down or... Um, there's it's a draw. I've just seen them just you know, just stop there and not push. And this time it was like, no, we're, we're going to keep pushing. They scored the first goal and they're like, we want another one, even though it wasn't the best of performance. He still came away three points. Um, but the likes of Castro, imagine him coming back in fully fit. And we know it takes him normally a couple of games to get into the rhythm. But having him back in there and Spira and um, Yuande, who's one of the players I've been most impressed with um, out of the signings that Popper's made, imagine what that's going to do. Um, and I was impressed with Newcastle. I didn't think they played bad football either. So um, I think with this week, with O'Donovan coming back for them after his long stint on the on the sidelines, I think um, this could be something new for them.
1: I think one of the biggest uh, stats to notice on on the ladder itself line is the the Glory have the best defensive record after eight games. They've only conceded seven goals. Now they've also got the second best scoring record after victory. But it's that, it's that goals against Collium which is a massive shift from the past couple of years where they just seem to leak goals for fun. We're looking at back-to-back clean sheets here as well. Liam Reddy's playing superb in goal. We've had a little bit of a shuffle around the back with, uh, with Dino Julbich coming in when, when Spranovic went down and before that you, you, know, you had Alex Grant in there as well. But they're not leaking goals. and it, it's, I guess that comes from having a, a top defender as a coach.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. And it helps when you've uh, you've just got that depth in your side that uh, you can just bring guys straight in off the uh, you know out of nowhere if you do go down with a few injuries or suspensions that we've sort of seen in the in the opening kind of third of the season. Um, so yeah, um, you can get guys like switching formations and get guys like Davidson and French to go back into a back four. The versatility there is something that we haven't seen in a long, long time.
1: No, I think squad depth is is something we we looked at early in the season thinking. God, there's probably you look at every position and you can point to somebody and say, yeah, they can they can fill in there and they could do a job if needs be. And we've seen a little bit of that already. And you know we've we've had players like Brandon Wilson getting a good run, which for him at a young age is important to probably get some consistent minutes under his belt. It, 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 that may shuffle again when players come back. But I guess Donna, we, we've even seen who the players who we previously just saw as fringe players like Joel Cianese, for example. Getting a good run in the team and actually making a, a consistent impact. He's been good when he started. He, he was he was the man to make way for Castro last week, but he came straight back into the team and within a minute won a penalty.
2: Yeah, um, I was saying that it's never easy with um, Easy though. All the the touches or it's always a penalty or a free kick. You always get something out of his mistakes, let's say that he does. So he's he's become quite known for that, and a lot of people are very hard on him. And I was one that I didn't think. You know, I, he wasn't one of the players that I was like, oh, he's going to be a danger person. But um, going on his performances, and I understand Castro's, you know, the caliber of player that he is and what he brings to the squad. But I don't feel that Joel should lose his spot in the squad either with the performances that he's had. So it'll be very very interesting. But one note that I noticed was that on the bench on the weekend, there was no defenders. If you yeah, look at it, so that, that, was, that was worrying. Going well, what if one of one, and I know that the players are versatile and whatnot, but you have got Ferrera, out. Well,
1: D- Davidson's played as a centre back yeah. four, and as Blaine mentioned, you could if you lost one of your back three, you could go to a Shift flat it. back four yeah. uh, with with Franich and Davidson is out and out. So you've you, you've really got actually, and now that I, I never think about it, didn't Brandon Wilson play as a right back before? I think uh, so. Um, yeah, so. I think you've actually got pro- you've got five defenders in the team to start with, plus Wilson. Popovich is probably thinking do I really need the cover when I I, I know my pieces and I can yeah. I shuffle them in and out? And no disrespect to the guys who would have been next in line but who would who would you have put Walter Scott maybe um, but who well, would it was he, interesting because
3: he didn't even line up for the youth team
1: so yeah. maybe he was in that conversation maybe he had an injury fly. we don't know Yeah, oh, we just po- thought, quite yeah, possibly I don't remember seeing
3: his name down on the injured list
1: though well, I think what we're seeing is is the, that Popovich knows his pieces and he knows he's, he's got options there and some trust um, in those guys that if, if he had to put Jason Davidson as a left-sided centre-back shift Larry to the middle whatever way it worked he's, he's got the players there to do it and again it comes down to options the fact that we're actually sitting here discussing with with five players out <laughs> what the team could be shows what a good position we're in and that the, the starting 11 doesn't necessarily pick itself and just on that there's a lot
3: of talk about victory at the moment playing great football in they are but i definitely don't see we think we've seen the, the best of perth glory um we haven't put out well, we full, haven't had
2: your full strength we squad. haven't put out a full compliment
3: <laughs> yet do you know no. what i mean um And that's that's why I'm pretty quietly confident that going into the back end of the season and and Melbourne Victory's heavy schedule with four out of the last uh, five away games inside ACL.
2: Yeah, I I think the difference with uh, what's going on with Victory at the moment and the football they're playing is in the first two rounds, and we'll talk about it later, but they were in crisis mode according to all the football critics and fans. that I'm going, it's two rounds in. The team hasn't linked yet. The team hasn't found their sink. And now you see it. Yeah. And I think to myself, in the two games that we lost against City and um, you guys, they weren't. we did not play bad football. We actually played good football. So I think now watching Glory play, I think they'll be our biggest test um, of the year when you have your full-strength squad out there. Um, but it just seems that every week there's someone that's a bit niggly out. Um, and it just seems to be the ongoing thing here in Perth. I don't know if it's the heat or the schedule or whatever it is. Um, but again, once you've got Castro, Spira, day all back in fully fit, I think it'll be a completely different um, ball game. I think people are scared. They'd be very scared to come here and play at NIV. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I think I think
1: look my, my from the outset my, my target was home final. Um, and I've wanted that for the last whatever five, six years. Yeah. And I look at the ladder now and there's a seven point gap or sorry, nine point gap down to fifth. Yeah, that's a nine point that's a that's a massive swing. Um, down there and, and, and obviously Glory have a better goal difference than Adelaide who are in that fifth spot at the moment so I'm not going to get ahead of myself but I would love, love a nice home final um, here and they're, they're going the right way about it so far, baby steps, we can talk about the title and we can talk about qualif- qualifying for the ACL but just securing that fourth fourth spot, top four spot and getting that, that kind of showpiece game in Perth that we haven't had for so long it would be a baby step, but it would be, it'd be a nice thing for the fans and, and momentum and to keep it going because I think just craving to be involved in finals playing is, is something we, it, we've we had it, but we've had it on the East Coast and it's just not the same. You want it in your backyard for a game or two.
3: Yeah, 100% because it's a, it's, it's a massive advertisement for the game in WA to be there and you know in people's faces for the, the week leading up and whatever else, all over the media as, as it should be. Um, uh, so, yeah, no, 100% agree with you.
1: I think the, uh, the look ahead to this week's game, could, it, it could be a big factor in securing the home final as well because if they beat Sydney FC, there's a six point gap there already. You go to nine points, you come into Christmas, your tail is up. It's a massive one Friday night. Uh, Donna, it's, it's actually the last ever trip to NIB Stadium because it gets renamed in January. Yeah, so oh, I
2: was like, where are we going?
1: <laughs> I was just looking face there. What's happening? We, we're moving <laughs> no, you, to stadium. Tony Stadium has you, got his way.
2: You've just broke the Mourinho news to me and yeah, now you're telling yeah. me that we move. moving. <laughs> yeah. like, what's going on? Nah, it's um, HBF from the 1st of Yeah, January. of course. I completely forgot about that. Um, I'll probably still call it NIB Stadium, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Perth arena. I still call RAC Arena Perth Arena So it's not, probably not going to change But a very big game I know it's Ryan Grant's um, 100th game I think it is So that's a big game It's a big party of the sport Yeah, you know And um, I, it's going to be interesting It's a tough game um, We always know that Sydney FC They're not predictable at the moment uh, we, I thought that I said they were going to finish in the, you know, in, in the top six I think um, But I didn't predict them to finish in the top two But um, but they've got a point to prove, and is under a little bit of stress, apparently. They're saying, you know, they're giving him a bit of criticism um, with the football that they're playing and whatnot. So it'll be very interesting. But again, you guys come away with that um, those three points, and that gap is coming back. And then you rely on victory again to either lose or take a draw.
3: <laughs> I was just saying to Neil off air earlier that this is the, um, after this game, we've uh, undefeated against everyone in the league because it becomes the, the last game oh, of the first, yes. the first kind of sector, if you like, of the league. So it's a that in itself is almost a little win for the boys
2: so, that's a good little headline
1: it is but uh, we'll, we'll be at the game anyway and hopefully the thousands of others will be um just i wrote a piece last week that got a bit of attention from um a fair few sectors including the club hi guys thanks for reading uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: the, not associated with the
1: Farquharson. It was just uh, just <laughs> <The> <laughs> is all Just eight and a half thousand spectators came out to NIB Stadium to watch the game against Melbourne City. I love the Saturday night time slot, seven o'clock, um, sunset going down. It's not too hot. You can sit and chill, have a beer um, and yeah. craft beer these days. Great, great times. And I, I just was, I was genuinely shocked that there was only that amount of people. Now there's been comments about Christmas parties and there's close to Christmas and. No one wants to pay thirty nine dollars for a walk up ticket, and and there's a lot of valid criticisms in there. Um, but this this game didn't clash with the Wildcats. No. The the horror show that is the Big Bash League hadn't started yet. Um, so, you blame what, what's the goal?
3: I couldn't tell you, mate. I'm I'm a little bit dumbfounded myself, and that's why I've kind of you know shared your article and asked questions myself around the place. Um, There was an interesting fact uh, that someone pulled up the other day that you... you, Oh, well, an interesting theory. Um, The fact that you can't be almost a mediocre club for 15 years and, and, uh, you know, semi-annoy people and then have a good few games and expect them to come flooding back to you. You know, it's it's a bit like going back to an ex-girlfriend who's cheated on you a couple of times. Do you know what I mean? I
2: understand that sentiment, but this is not the first... uh, We talk about crowds in Perth and we've been talking about them for the last six, seven years. We were talking about them when you guys made the final. Against Brisbane. We've been talking about it and um, this whole you know, the tickets are expensive. Yeah, thirty nine dollars is expensive and I understand, you know, when you're in a family, you've got to buy a children's ticket, two adults, that's a hundred bucks of tickets, and then you buy food and XYZ. I get that. But the club's given options. There's you know, they've there's that Telstra deal that's on. I'm sure someone, you know, on Telstra you can get tickets for twenty dollars plus booking. Interestingly
3: enough I actually put a comment on that. (laughs) I saw that come up on my Facebook timeline as a sponsored post. Yep. However, I've never seen the A-League or any of the clubs actually promote for, that offer. It. Well, it's only come through Telstra, yeah. who I'm not even with. it. No, but you'll see it. Because, randomly, yeah, you know?
2: people talk about it. And, you know, I understand that um, results bring crowds. I, I totally understand that. But as, you know, for myself, coming from, you know, victory being so successful, if we have a shit game, our, you know, if we hit 15,000, we're disappointed that 15,000 people have come to a game. 8,000 going from the 10-4, whatever it was you had two weeks prior to that, that's a 2,000-person drop, and people saying Christmas parties and blah, blah, blah. The Wildcats got 13,000 to mm. their game. What's, there's, and I understand they've been successful. People keep drumming that in my ear. But the players are playing good football. Take it from someone who's not a Perth Glory supporter. I'm still going, every, and not just because I have to go, because really I don't have to. I'm going because I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. And if people give it the opportunity to go and watch and see what... They they wanted a new coach, they got it. They wanted new players, they got it. They wanted Tony to open his checkbook. They've they've got it. It's all happening. They're taking the steps. Give them the opportunity to show you what they're all about. Give them the opportunity for you to see the football that they're playing. That's all it comes down to. You can all whinge about, you know, how much it costs. Don't bring your kids. (laughs) Just you go for now. Or one child and one adult go, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a mother. I know the expenses of having a family. But the minute we can buy my son a membership, I'm telling you, my husband will be spending 500 $600 to have him sitting in that gold member stand for no reason, knowing he's not going to understand a thing about football. So just get out there and support the team because you support them. Revenue comes and bigger things can happen for the club and it can proceed. That's what it's all about. So that's what I've got to say.
1: That's mm-hmm. awesome rant, I've Thank you, that. it
2: really agitates me, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, th-
1: I think I, I do understand some of the legacy issues that people have, but there has to be a statute of limitations oh. on that as well, that it gets to a point where you, you see there's change and you draw a line in the sand and you go, Absolutely. right, I'm gonna go along and support the team because look, we're, we're top of the ladder. Um, as I mentioned, getting the home final would be a big thing because Perth craves marquee events, marquee games. Uh, we we want we, we it's a it's a city of event junkies. If there's some something big on and it's a once-off, people will go along because it's big and it's a once-off. It, having a having a far home final here would be great. Having a, a grand final here would be amazing, and we're on the right track for that at the moment. I guess it just needs a few more people to help. The team along the way. The players say it themselves. It gives them that a little bit of little bit extra when they've got the shed pumping and they've got people around the stadium um, backing them. And look, it's 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 a few days before Christmas, so yeah, people have stuff on. But it's also Friday night at six o'clock. You know, kids are off school. Get out there! I'm going to go straight from work. I will finish it just after five, and I'll walk out to, to to the stadium for it. And I'm really looking forward to it because it's a. Uh, it's our top-of-the-table team playing against one of the pre-season favourites a few days before Christmas on a weekend night that you can go out and have a few beers with your mate. So I get it might not suit younger kids, but guys that are finishing up on work on a Friday and can stroll out to NIB Stadium from the city, you really should make the effort for it. Just on that,
3: just to play devil's advocate for a second, are we putting... I get that families of the future and you want to be seen as a family-friendly club, but are we putting too much emphasis on promoting to the I'm families... Not. That's Rather like, than the young single well, people exactly who want to go out and have a couple of beers that are going to spend
1: some money. And
2: that's exactly what I'm saying. I understand the financial factor for parents and families and whatnot, but let's take that away for a second. There's whatever the population is and all the football fans and all the, ki- the people who are playing the MPL and, you know, like yourself, Neil, and Bla- myself, my hu- like they don't need to. You know what I mean? And I mean this with no disrespect to Central Coast, but they're not having the best games and they're not winning. But two weeks ago, they got over eight thousand people at you know eight thousand four hundred to their well, match. I think this is where so the
1: <laughs> I think this is where the flexi membership comes into its own because I have flexi memberships for the Wildcats and the Eagles because with my own season I can't go to Eagles games on a Sunday, and um, so I go to all the Saturday games or yeah. Thursday and Friday night Wildcats. Like I only really want to go to a few years, so I picked up a four-game membership. I'm still a member. I think with Glorious Kickoffs, you can be a well, five-game member. Yes, and then you can pick and choose. If you're a single guy and you want to go on Friday, Saturday nights and get on the piss, you can do that. If you're a family and you want to go on a, more so on the Sundays, there's enough fixtures there to cater for it. So I actually think, I understand if people can't or don't want to commit or can't afford a full-year membership, 13 games, they may only be able to go to 10 and it's not value for money. Well, I think the flexi membership is one of the best things that has been done. The Eagles only started doing it last season when they moved into to up the stadium. They yeah. didn't do it for Subi, and the Wildcats do it as well. And I, I think it's, I think that's definitely the way to go for people that you know, if you want to get a bit of value bang for your buck, and you want to be able to attend and get go to all the games on that membership, and pick and choose. I think, the I think flexi membership is the way to go, and the more people they can encourage to pick them up well hopefully you know you're getting your numbers
3: absolutely and in the years that i was doing fly and fly out it suited me to a team you yeah, know to get absolutely. the seven game flexi or whatever whatever it was at the time so i 100% agree we did that it's, but, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic option it's similar
2: to what i you know i don't live in victoria so i can't obviously go to every victory game so i'm an interstate member which allows me to go to selected games that you know amy park and all the games that eddie had so i'm still a member i've still got that option I probably can't go to any of them but I've still paid to be a member but let's not forget the deal they've got on at the moment Perth Glory, with the mid-season um, sales. yeah seas. you buy
1: you buy a membership and you go up to Friday's game for free and then you know?
2: your yeah and then your ticket it works out to be $25 a game um, moving forward so 25 bucks to go watch them play on a Friday night. As, as Neil said, I love Saturday Night Football, so.
1: I think I'll, we'll just clarify that this is not a paid promotion by yeah, pair, sorry. Uh, by, <laughs> by any means. Um, no, <laughs> no money has changed, <laughs> hands, unfortunately. Didn't Shh. even get a shirt out of it, but we tried. Uh, no, but seriously, I think, I think from our perspective, all we're, we're saying is there are plenty of excuses not to go to games but there's even more reason to go to them now so yep. make the effort and get out a few days before christmas the next game isn't until the new year when they play sydney fc again but it, when, when it comes to the, the new year there's going to be wednesday games there's going to be saturday, weekend games and we've yep. got we've got a couple of weeks where there's two games in four or five days if you've got a bit of time on your hands yeah, you've got options there you can go after work on a wednesday or you can go to to uh, the, the saturday night game whatever works for you We'll keep an eye on those flexi membership. I I think I wouldn't, to be honest, with the way things are in people's circumstances, I wouldn't necessarily encourage somebody to buy a full season membership um, and and maybe not get the full bank for your book. But I think if you're if you can commit to five games over the course of a whole season, flex is the way to go. And also, don't forget it'll give you priority when it comes to finals as well, because as we've said before. As soon as Glory start making home finals and get on the, the cusp of a grand final, tickets are going to be in demand. We know that, that ourselves. There's that appetite there when it's when it's a big game. So, yeah, you get your foot in the door as well. But I, we, I think we just hope that this weekend is, um, it's better than 8.5 thousand. It's got to be in five figures, and it's got to be heading towards 11, 12, and and really Especially to. with the double header on
3: beforehand, with the we'll ladies in playing in beforehand. So. Yeah. yeah,
1: you got the ladies going at 3.30. And Blaine, brings up the speed how they're going at the moment. The ladies had a uh, they had a draw at the weekend. They
2: did. They had a draw. Um, went down there and um, had a chat to Bobby. Um, and I was actually um, I was getting a shirt signed, you know, for my boss's granddaughter by Sam Kerr, who's a Newcastle Jets supporter. She lives over in Sam there. Sam Kerr is. Um, no, <laughs> my boss's <is> Kerr, <laughs> Well, she could yeah. be. Um, <laughs> no, and I was listening um, to the music being played and what the girls do in their routine. And there was a huge buzz around the club as well um, down there. And. We, I should make note that, um, of course, we've had Chris come on, and Jason's coming on in the second half, and we did try to get one of the um, one of the W League players to come on, but unfortunately, it clashed with their training schedule today. Yep. So we couldn't get them on, but we um, definitely will be getting a couple of the um, the girls on for next uh, for next year during well during this season, but next year in 2019 for our next pod. Um, but yeah, there's a good buzz going around there. They're undefeated at the moment.
3: Uh, yes, uh, yep, yes, are lost the game. they're yep, sitting
2: sitting second behind Melbourne Victory. Yep. So um, good times at the Perth Glory Women.
3: Absolutely yeah, Bobby's doing a great job and uh, obviously Sam Kerr and uh, Nikki Stanson and, and the girls down there yeah, are Rachel fantastic Hilden. and, and yep. apparently um, Eliza Campbell pulled out some absolutely blinding yep. saves yep. Uh, at the game uh, over the weekend which I wasn't lucky to get to. But
2: No and um, the pitch looks great down at um, Dorigan Gardens, they're doing a good job maintaining it and see all the ball kids there, And are all just so excited and it's great to see them excited about the W League. That's a good buzz to see that both teams, or all three teams, I think the Youth League's doing really well as well. Um, they beat Victory on the weekend, and Victory is sitting first, so that's a, another pump up. I think all Perth Glory teams are doing well this season, I'm pretty sure. So Yeah,
1: the are doing right, yeah. you've had a, a win. So, yeah, against, um, against
2: Victory. Against Victory, yeah. So um, everyone seems to be doing well. So there's a good buzz around WA football at the moment, so I think... Um, that's another reason to go out to watch the women, the youth and the, and the lads.
1: Yeah, just the last thing on the tickets, there's a Summer of Heroes promotion on the A-League website that runs from December 27th to January 23rd and it's $49 for a family pass. That gets you two adults and two kids into games Now yeah, that's, a, that's a bargain. And just on, on, a, on a sneaky, if you were to walk up to the gate and buy two, uh, two adult tickets, it would cost you $78 if you buy a family pass which includes two Sorry. adults it's $49 so you know Journal there's options there if you, if you have a look around and um, yeah bring your bring your next door neighbor's kid or whatever uh, ask for consent first but that sort of price <laughs> is really is really really got to get get people coming out to games it's it's good it's cheap it's so good it's it's the same price as the,
2: the new mid-season membership if you work it out $49 yeah. $25 30 all means. right we'll
1: stop hanging on about uh, <laughs> attendances for now but in, in part two we're going to speak to Jason Davidson get his thoughts on the weekend win over Newcastle Jets the season so far and uh, his his, uh, Socceroos experiences.
4: You're listening to The Far Post Perth. We'll be back after this.
1: Welcome back to The Far Post Perth podcast. Uh, We've got our special guest on for this week's episode. I'm delighted to welcome Perth Glory left back and in soccer is international Jason Davidson. Jason, how's things? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. I think uh, we timed this really really well. Uh, probably a bit of fortune in that, but it comes just a couple of days after you've scored your first goal for Perth Glory. How does that uh, how does that make you feel?
4: yeah it's uh, it's a positive thing for myself' um, obviously being a, a wing back in the team uh, opportunities to go forward and attack uh, are higher than normally as a, as a normal left back and uh, to get on the score is something that you know I've been trying to, to do and'm just happy that it's finally come through I
1: have to ask you about that left wing back role it's a, it's a bit of a graveyard shift at times for players getting up and down uh, so much throughout the game. Have you found that adjusting to that role and have you done anything maybe different in pre-season to help yourself adapt?
4: Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely a different formation to your uh, typical 4-4-2 uh, four, 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 or 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, and for me, I I, mean, um, I enjoy it because it gives me the opportunity and license to, to get forward and join an attack. Um, it's definitely harder than your normal left back position because there's a lot more running involved, um, but fortunately enough, we've had a, a good, solid preseason where I've had an opportunity to build my foundation, and uh, you yeah. know, I'm I'm feeling strong and fit, and it's given me that uh, platform to, to to run up and down, you know, um, each week.
1: I guess when you've got 18 weeks of a preseason, it helps you adjust to a new position uh, over that sort of time. Um, the the trip to Newcastle, it's it's part of it's trek i guess that we have to have every year whether it's wellington whether it's a trip to newcastle to sydney tony popovich mentioned at the weekend that he he's actually getting more of a realization of how demanding that is as a player heading over in those trips it does it take a lot to adjust in terms of your preparation and, and what you need to do and uh, have you found it difficult at all so far
4: yeah for me it's something new obviously uh, never playing in the A league um i'm not used to or accustomed to to getting on an airplane flying every second week um but it's something that we have to adapt to and i think the preparation um, by the the coaching staff and the the medical department are trying to make sure that we get the best you know um recovery possible after each game um for me it's it's definitely tough on the body especially you know trips like wellington and newcastle um you're traveling nearly all day um prior to a game so it's definitely tough on the body and to to back that up week in week out um, is not easy and I think people don't realize you know other teams unless you've played at Perth Glory how much travel we actually have to do so for us it's we don't want to make excuses we just want to make sure that uh, we continue our run but um, the most important thing is to, to make sure we recover well um, and I think, you know, the coach and the coaching staff, they, they know what they're doing and they're, they've got a plan there each week. Um,
1: and fortunately for enough for us, it hasn't affected us just yet. Yeah, you, you still managed to pick up the results. It was, it was a point in Wellington and then a great win against Newcastle at the weekend. Just on the weekend's game, there was a, an early scare when, when Newcastle may have taken the lead and you guys went straight down the other end of the park. Took a goal away, and then obviously you chipped in with the second goal, which helped, uh, helped seal the result. Um, th- there seems to be a good character amongst the team that you know, even even when they are under the pump a little bit, and there have been times when that's been the case. Just find a way to get a goal or to to, to rally around each other and, and get down the other end and, and get the job done. Uh, is there a good camaraderie amongst the playing group? There's a lot of new faces in the in the squad this year. Yeah, I think definitely. I think each player has confidence in their
4: teammate and. Um, if you look at the, the, defenders and attackers, I think they, they believe the attack, we believe in the, the, attackers to, to score when they get the opportunities. And I'm sure that the attackers believe that defenders, once we, we, um, get the lead, um, that they believe in us, uh, to hold it, hold a solid fort at the back. Um, like you said, you know, in the first, I think it was 15 or 20 seconds, they had an opportunity, but, um, you know, Liam made a, a great save. Um, but that just goes to show that you can't take your foot off the accelerator because in this league or in football in general, anyone um, can have an opportunity. And f- fortunate for us that our goalkeeper stepped up and then on the other end, our attackers got an opportunity on the counter
1: and um, we went 1-0 one one up. We've spoke to Chris Economidis on the the last podcast, and he was uh, telling us about the reasons why he came to Perth. He's, he said he has a, some family here, and Tony Popovich had, had kind of sold him a vision of what was what was planned here. And um, what were your considerations? Because as you said, you haven't played in the A League before, and you know you, you're you're from over east. Why Perth? And i have no doubt I'm sure you you had plenty of other offers that you could have taken up, but you chose to come to Glory.
4: Yeah, for me, um, once I made the decision of maybe coming back to to, to the A League, um, the biggest thing for me was speaking to, to Tony on the phone and uh, and speaking to Jacob Burns on the phone and what they had planned for the for the club and what their their vision was uh, for Perth Glory, um, and then obviously seeing the signings that they had um, signed in Matthew Sparanovic, you know, Ivan Franich, and a lot more players. Um, it just showed the intent of what they wanted to do and for me having I've always had that winning mentality and that, that um, determination to, to, to win and I wanted to come back and, and win something here and get back into to rhythm and consistency with my football and hopefully you know get back into the national team and I think after speaking to Tony on the phone yeah it was uh, it was quite an easy decision for myself because uh, everything that uh, he promised he's, he's delivered in pre-season and I think you know it's shown the in- the, the start that we've had we're, we're, we, um, we're a structured team discipline and everyone puts their body on line to get the three points
3: Jason Blaine here mate. Um, mate, obviously you come from a pretty good pedigree with your uh, your old man playing um, a number of matches for the Socceroos and held in pretty well regard and then going on to Nottingham Forest and places like that, how do you think he's yep. helped you in your development?
4: Yeah you know he's someone that from a very young age has always guided me in my football and uh, I'm very um, blessed to have someone that has played at the highest level in football to, to guide me as a as a as a kid, um, and throughout my career. And he's someone that I speak to, you know, on a daily basis about football, um, about every game. Um, and for me, I try to use as my get as much knowledge out of him as possible. Um, and for me, yeah, he's he's someone to it's it's amazing, and he's a he's a great dad and someone that's very um, proud of what I've achieved in my football, but very someone that's very hard as well on me. And he's always a, he's a good critic because after games, we analyze games and see what I've done uh, or could have done better. And uh, it's, it's good to have someone like that behind you, supporting you.
3: And obviously, you grew up in Victoria, but at a young age, you went over and found yourself at uh, an academy in, in Japan, which is uh, a little bit different to what most youth players go through. Can you tell the listeners a bit about your experiences there?
4: Yeah, so the opportunity arose to, to go uh, go over to Japan originally just to, to play in the tournament, and obviously um, I was fortunate enough to, to play really well in the tournament, and uh, an opportunity a scholarship arose where I could uh, stay there. They offered me a scholarship. Of my I remember coming back to Australia after the tournament, and my. Um, my mom didn't want me to go because I was only 14 years old and my dad thought it was the, the right opportunity to get into a football environment. The infrastructure over there was unbelievable at the time. They'd just come, you know, just had having a World Cup over there. The infrastructure and the, the discipline and hard work that they implement into their young players was at another level. So I went over there um, and yeah, I think it, it, it built me and made me into the, the player and person that I am today.
2: Um, Jason, back uh, back when you first started playing football, you were playing at Hume City um, in the VPL. Then, how yeah. does Australian football compare now to, compared to what it was back then for you?
4: Yeah, it's totally different. Um, I think it's a credit to Australian football how much it's come, you know, and developed in the last ten years. I think people can see how it's it's the biggest game in the world and i think now in australia especially the young kids the next generation they can see and everything's about football i see so many kids you know playing in the park and um at schools um and i think that's it's because the a league is is developed there's um more infrastructure it's it's a bigger league now um, and I think that it's only going to grow. So hopefully, you know, with the new uh, two new teams coming in as well, um, we can grow and uh, bring and produce more younger players. Because I think there's a lot of talent out there out there that's uh, kind of maybe not getting an opportunity. And um, as as the league's grown, I think you know more and more players have gotten the opportunity to to come through. And uh, with me at Hume City, you know, I had a fat- fantastic time over there. And, um, you know, I really enjoy myself and I think it also was a good development to, to play with men at a young age and then obviously I went overseas uh, after that.
2: And just going on your international career at the soccer is in the Asian Cup, you were one of the, um, you know, one of the younger players in the squad there and you scored your first international goal against UAE. How did that stack up with your career and all the moments that you've had so far? You know, you're not exactly um, in the older range, so... It'd be one of the, yeah, one of the good moments to look back on.
4: Yeah, for me, every time I um, got the opportunity to play for my national team, it was a proud moment. It was, you know, always a dream for me at a young age to to represent my country. And I was fortunate enough to do that at a World Cup and an Asian Cup. And, you know, winning an Asian Cup is something that, you know, I'll cherish forever. And I just remember that feeling of going out there um, for, for the final against South Korea and just seeing all my family and friends and pretty much the whole nation back us and to see so much, um, to see a stadium full of, you know, the green and gold it still gives me goosebumps today. So, um, yeah, it's, there's not one, I think every time I stepped out, it was a different, um, a different feeling. And every time the national anthem played, I always used to get, I get goosebumps. Um, but yeah, definitely for the Asian Cup final and playing in the World Cup are two things that for me in the national team are, Probably the two biggest
1: things. Just a couple more questions, Jason. And we'll let you yep. go um, on the on the Perth Glory experience so far. We've got a bit of an us against them mentality here in terms of yep. uh, well, it's basically us against the rest of Australia and and those those lot are great rivals over in New Zealand. Um, how have you found the the welcome that you've had from the perk Glory supporters and, and the home games so far at an Stadium?
4: Yeah, they've been amazing. Um, I think even everyone at the club, uh, I felt you know, they've welcomed my family and myself with open arms, um, and felt made us feel at home. And it feels like a big family at the club. And then once we, we stepped out and played in the, in the season, just to witness the, the fans, I had the same exact feeling. I think it's it's very family-orientated club, and to see the supporters, and I, I feel like I, I have a good connection with them, and to, to see how positive they are, and especially, um, not just the, the supporters behind in the shed, but to, the whole stadium um, to, to come out week in week out and support us and to, to be able to give them um, such an unbelievable start, it's, it's something that it's, uh, we feel proud about and hopefully you know we can continue that and hopefully they can continue to come out and support us and we can uh, do something special this year together.
1: Well, we spoke to uh, Chris Economy the, on the last show. He uh, he mentioned to us that there was a fine system in place, and Dino Julvich may have been one of the uh, the key snitches in the group. Have you um, have you fallen foul of anything yet? Maybe something hair related, or have you been picked up for anything? <laughs> no,
4: nah, I get I get done for a lot of things. Um, they they like to to target uh, a lot of the new boys. I guess the, it's the old guy trying to stab the authority um no it's, it's a good it's good fun because it all goes towards a good cause and that's um in the end of year trip for all the boys together so um for me i know there's a few fines for being in the newspaper and stuff like that things that are out of our hands um so i think chris a lot of chris's fines would be definitely for performing and being in the newspaper a lot um and then there's obviously you know funny ones where in the shower if you you know if you forget your slippers or hear that a lot of the boys try to get each other or take photos of the newspaper clips to, to, to snitch on one another but it's all a bit of um, fun and games uh, like I said it's going towards a good cause and hopefully you know we can celebrate something at the end of the year when we go away for our end of year trip.
1: Now, just the last one before we let you go you have mentioned great start to the season and everything else but just how far do you think this team can go now that you've got your feet under the table and you've gotten used to the system that POP has implemented just what's the ambition now for the year?
4: I think you know the sky's the limit for us. Um, the most important thing is we 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 believe in ourselves. We and the coaching staff believe in us, and we believe in them. And I think everyone in the club um, we have a we we have a good feeling. But the most important thing is consistency and hard work, and just to to not take the foot off the accelerator. Because there's um, there's a lot of teams out there that have fantastic uh, starts, but then fall away. We want to be a team that you know throughout the season, teams fear us and don't want to play against us, and we want to have that consistency and for us i I honestly believe that's one of the main reasons why i picked perth and to, to work under tony because we have that winning mentality and for us we want to win the championship and uh we want to um you know win as many games as we can and uh why not we, have, we definitely have the squad to do that, we have you know, great supporters behind us, so we take each game as they come and uh, hopefully we can continue that
1: run. Well we hope it, it stays the same, it's been really great to watch so far and there's a massive game on Friday night at NIB Stadium against Sydney FC, we'll be there and I'm sure thousands of fans will be as well. And But until then, thanks uh, thanks for taking some time to have a chat with us, we, we appreciate that a lot and, and good luck for Friday's game and the rest of no, the year. Well. We'll thank you again. very much thanks for having, having me. No, thank you.
4: And uh, speak to you guys soon. You're listening to The Far Post Perth. We'll be back after this.
1: You're with The Far Post Perth podcast and it's the, the final segment for 2018. So we're going to have a look at what's going on around the A-League. And I asked the, the first place to start. It's the, it's the hot topic that's probably taken up a, a lot of people's time over the past few years. We've, we've had the rise of clubs. We've had the death of clubs. And now from the ashes... We're now gonna get two more clubs uh, with the announcement that there's gonna be further franchise licenses given to West Melbourne and somewhere else in Sydney. So of course- Southwest that's Sydney. Oh, there you go, wherever that is. Um, so yeah, look, it, it's it's expansion, but it comes with um, caveats in the sense that we're getting one club initially next year. We're gonna get this West Melbourne crowd who are gonna initially play out of Geelong. So, probably Cardinia
2: yep which is an hour and 20 minutes or 40 minutes by train from Wyndham to Cardinia Park and, uh, no, no deal has
1: been no deal has been formalized at that at that stadium yet and then the plan is for them to build a a, f- a football specific stadium in Wyndham um, as Donna said is a little bit further away there's a lot of um, a lot of promises here uh, hopefully they're not empty ones because they're going to come into the league next season um that's that's soon yeah um my concern with that plan as i mentioned to you on the kind the way down is as i said a lot of it is is written on paper and we have to see some actual concrete evidence of expansion here that this is a, a viable um prospect in terms of getting a club off the ground building a stadium getting a fan base in and it's in a okay it's it's not in Melbourne, but it's another Victorian, so it's the third Victorian team. Do we need them? Um, yeah, I think we do.
3: Um, whether it was the initial, uh, the the right choice initially, um, being the the first expansion club in Jesus, how many years now? Um, well, since, since the demise of kind of uh, Gold Coast, Gold Coast, is it Gold and, Coast? Yeah, yeah,
2: and then you could say Melbourne Heart, but uh, they really just do Melbourne yeah, City, really.
3: Uh, so in, in a little <laughs> while, anyway. So it's 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 interesting. Um, there's some pretty clever business people behind the bid. Absolutely. Um, whether it's Pine Sky stuff around the stadium and that kind of thing, we'd, we'd all, you know, would all like to believe that what they've said is true and that they can go ahead with it and they've got the financials to to back it and and the support and the community support and everything else. Um, but it, it does seem quite, um, you know, fanciful um, at this stage, considering what what else has been happening in the it's league. It's ambitious, I think. Yeah, that's probably ambitious.
1: I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it happen. Trust me, I would really, really love to love to see it go down and for it to be a, a proper football um, stadium. Uh, the less ovals we have, the better. Uh, but yeah, it. I'm. I'm just. I. There's a lot of cynicism around it and the fact that they could end up just staying in Geelong, um, long term.
2: To me, you know, going to Geelong and watching games there, the market is there for a football team to be in Geelong. By the way, so it wouldn't be the worst. Thing if they did have to play there for a couple of years. But like Blaine said, there's quite a few influential people behind this club, and one of them is Lou Sticker, who's one of the most respected managers and people in football. So having someone like that behind your bid, and I'm not sure at what capacity he's fully involved in, but I know he has been involved and he's been celebrating that they've been accepted into the league and whatnot. Um, and there is a huge football community in Wyndham as well. So it is, um, there is pros and cons to it, but I do understand that the fact that there is no real, pl- we haven't seen this plan of the stadium. They want it, but nothing has been set in stone. And again, they haven't actually come to an agreement with the guys at Cadinia Park. Is that what it's still called, by the way?
0: Cadinia Park. It yeah, is
2: I'm called sure that? still that? Okay. <laughs> because I thought they had changed it. For- it was Simmons Stadium at one stage. Yeah, yeah.
3: Right, yeah, I had yeah. a bit of a chat to uh, Dave Troy from the, For Vuck's Sake uh, yep. podcast, one of, the, one of the fellow guys on the uh, Duddy Football Show Network. And um, I basically asked, just from an outsider's point of view, um, What is the point of difference between, or what's it going to be, between Victory, City and this new one? Is there any real identifying features between any of them? Right. Obviously, Sydney FC, you've got the the East kind of supposed rich kids versus the working class kind of Westies and that kind of thing. Every derby's got one. Every decent derby tends to have a point of difference in terms of the clubs. Um, and unfortunately no one seems to be able to tell me the difference between Victory City and this team well, coming isn't out. Isn't that
1: part of, like that's part of the issue I have is that they're trying to create these fake derbies um by saying you need to hate this team because mm. they're are putting them next to you and they're in Victoria. Like there is no real Victory City rivalry. Like it's not two powerhouses no. going against each other in the terraces. No. You know, it's it's really it's it's a fake rivalry and one of the one of the the key quotes that, that that came out of the press conference to announce this expansion was, "We want more derbies. that 's what they 're aiming for. so where does your derby expansion stop? How many teams do you stick in victoria so that you 've got a little circle jerk of five teams playing each other every year in victoria and then you 've got the same in sydney like, that's not that's as, as I made the point and um, it's not expansion, it's saturation. It's like you're trying to saturate the market with all these teams so that everybody has to go to a bumper game. And it goes back to the event junkie mentality. We want a big game every week. The FFA want a big game in Sydney every week. They want a big game in Melbourne every week because that's what TV demands in terms of ratings. That's what supporters demand in the sense that they want to go to these big games. And what we're being, what we're seeing now is that a, 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 the bulk of the league is made up of Victorian... And new south wales teams they're not tapping into new markets queensland is massive has one team all right that's mm. that's a big a big area um i think even though canberra as capital cities go is a pretty shitty capital, they should have a team they've proven themselves in the w League to be able to sustain a, a top flight team they've got a stadium there which was used in the asian cup and they, had, they, they said that they had 8,000 members committed and signed up. I just don't see how, if you're picking, if you're actually genuinely expanding, why you wouldn't expand into an area like, uh, like Canberra. Um, to well, me, I think it's a big. As point. I
3: said to you uh, on the drive here, Neil, is it better for this team to actually start in Geelong and creep into Melbourne, rather than starting in Melbourne and trying to creep out to Geelong? Yeah. Because there is that point of difference. People that's from Geelong hate saying. people from Melbourne. What's yeah. a known thing, and the that's Melbourne. what I'm saying. There's they're a, from Geelong.
2: Correct. There's a, and I've got a lot of family that live in Geelong. Yeah. So when you ask them where they're from. I'm from Geelong. Also, people say, oh, so like just, you know, mm. a little place in Melbourne. No, no, no. I'm from Geelong. Yeah. So there is that. It's like, you know, I'm from this here. I've never heard of the, you know, I'm from the north and the south here, north of the river, south of the river. It's like a, a divide. And until I came to Perth, I didn't know what the hell people were talking about. Mm. Like, what side of the river do you live on? I'm like, I don't know. If they're from
1: Fremantle, they'll tell you. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that I was on either end. So there is that. And that's what I'm saying. Starting in Geelong is not a bad thing. That will get a different type of supporters that, Victory and City had, and going on, Neil, to me, a rivalry is against Adelaide. I hate them, right? So, Victory Adelaide or That's Victory Sydney. Word. No, I don't want them to succeed ever, right? But Melbourne City, I'm like, yeah, okay, they're our town rivals and blah, blah, blah. It's Melbourne against Melbourne, and it's like a big thing. But to me, if we beat Adelaide, I'm more passionate about that. It's like Westfield, so,
1: Wellington, Phoenix. Yeah, yeah
2: you're your long distance journey, <laughs> you know? So, I agree with those sentiments. I don't agree with the fact that. Um, that you know, I understand Canberra and the support that they had and all that. I get that, but I think, um, and I think it was Harley that made a very good point. And it, we've just got to see it from the other point of view. And it is about sponsorship, and it is about revenue, and it is about money. And the FFA is hungry for that, and they need it. So Neil that's just talking about
3: saturation, though. But surely that means dilution as well of the existing clubs. Oh, yeah, because I know from what I'm hearing. Uh, Melbourne Victory in particular has done a lot of work out in those Western suburbs.
2: Yeah, we have. Yeah. Well, they have. So
3: to have those fans that you've worked so hard to kind of get. I, on don't, board, think, I, I don't think. Gonna, I, don't watch, think sorry, gonna, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's
2: going to. I don't think it's going to impact Victory as such. I think it might. You lose a few fans that are in Geelong and whatnot. I know a lot of supporters in Geelong just have you know Victory memberships just so they can go to um, you know to Kendania Park and watch a game for when the Victory get there. But I think it's, it is going to be a completely different supporter base that they're going to bring. So I don't see a, ba- a bad thing. The only thing I see is that the fact that it's an hour and 40 minutes from the actual team, well, whereas Amy Park is closer for them. Well, so. let's look,
1: let's look into a little bit into the, the Sydney expansion then, which is going to come a year later. Now, uh, the reason it's been delayed a year is to allow Western Sydney Wanderers time to settle into their new stadium, which to me is is utter drivel because the, the, the what we've heard was that they were putting a third team in Sydney because there's an untapped corridor. So if this team is in a corridor, how then does it impact on Western, Western Sydney? Surely it's one or the other. They're either invading their territory and thereby you give Western Sydney Wanderers a year, or they're not invading the territory and then there's no need for Wanderers to yeah, so have contradicts that wrestling I, I it? think it's a contradictory. Um, <laughs> now, without knowing the lay of the land in terms of who supports who and who may defect to what, what side, I think it's a, it's, it's a bizarre decision to now go with a, an uneven competition next year um, by, by weeks. Ugh. Rather than just bringing in the two teams together, going to twelve, and then in a few years' time going to fourteen, and then hopefully go to sixteen. I, I think sixteen is my long-term goal, where it's home and away games, um, where everybody, everybody plays each other twice, fifteen rounds um, each way, and then you you go into finals, and there's your there's your season. Because I I've all, I've admitted defeat that we're never getting rid of finals, so I wanted just a straight home and home and away season, um, and that's what I what I'm aiming for. But it's just with this expansion stuff. I would like to see, ideally, if you, if this is going to 12, this should be the end of Sydney and Melbourne teams. This is this has got to be the cut off. You've got to then after that, you have four spots left. I'd be going Queensland, Tassie, Canberra, and then, I don't know, whoever. Well, if we boot the Knicks out, you can have one in person, one in Adelaide. But, after that, I think you, you've got to, if they really want to foster this whole derby mentality, well then how low do you go? Do you try to stick a second team in Perth, do you stick one in South Australia? But I think I think Queensland and uh, and Canberra and Tassie have to be three of the next biggies on the cards after this. Not another Sydney Melbourne. In terms of
3: expansion, where do we get to the point where we stop with expansion? We bring in a second division and we let the game, you know, naturally evolve.
1: I think they've got to work in, work work parallel to each other. You've got to be fostering that second division um, because let's be honest, the Mariners are absolute trash. This is the worst start to a season by any team in the A-League after we heard that the age of mediocrity was gone in preseason. They're they're, they're dreadful and they're, they're clinging on, but what will happen with the Mariners is, is that it'll be the same as what's happened to the Spooners for the last few years. There's no consequences. The, their rebuild for next year will start in February you know, because mm-hmm. there's no consequence. They can play out the rest of the season, plot away give kids a go give them a little bit of experience and say yeah we're building for next year why because there's no consequences it's it it's the it's what comes with having 60 percent of the team the teams can qualify for finals and the others well we're going to try get the finals but as soon as we can no longer mathematically qualify well we just go through the motions and there needs to be consequences and i agree with you it's good. we've got to get to that second division um but we also have to have to tap into somebody's markets i think Canberra and Tasmania, for example, are Craven teams and could probably do a pretty good job of it.
3: And, and I've always said, um, you know, traditionally, give people a reason to get back into football in its traditional sense. and. You wonder whether these decisions... um, Look, there isn't even an
1: AFL team in in Tasmania. Oh,
3: exactly. Exactly. I think that's because they've already won that over, where they'd rather go head-to-head with NRL or football, um, which hasn't worked for them in Gold Coast or hasn't worked well for them in um, Greater Western Sydney.
2: Yeah, well, you know, in Tassie, at one point, they called it the... Because it was sponsored by Melbourne Victory, it was the Victory League. So they've got the supporters there that actually. Well, are are still okay the team is okay in the
1: FFA Cup, every Yeah. Year. So
2: they've got the um they've got the market there, but there's also a point where, um, and I just I'm just saying this as a as a football fan. We wanted expansion. They've come to the table. They've given us a team. It, I think it's stupid that we don't have two teams. I agree in this whole clean air um year that they've labelled it for Western Sydney to get settled in their new stadium. One, I think it's a load of garbage, but. Also, listening to a lot of players and hearing about um, and hearing players that are currently playing, what they said, it's it, this is giving an opportunity for people and for players to have a career path, to have a job, to actually play. It's giving them a club to come into, and I think it's that's what gi- we need it's to It's giving
1: players in Sydney and Melbourne are another opportunity. I yeah. completely agree with that. It's, I, it's I, giving people no the opportunity to play, but only in those areas.
2: Mm, I don't know, but I, I still think, and you know, going on Central Coast, everyone bangs on about it. They've got a, a tight ass owner there that doesn't want to spend any money that's the reason let's be yeah, honest well, that's the reason if, why they're doing but if nothing if there was a
1: threat or allegation maybe he would he spend, would spend. yeah money. I agree
2: with that yeah I do agree with that but again um, I think for now I, I know it sounds stupid but I think we just need to be happy that we've got someone in it's not who everyone's going to want. And it wasn't going to please everyone. In my opinion, Team 11 would be I'm happy right. this
1: expansion, but I yeah. reserve to write to whinge about where they've expanded to. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's you my status. You guys want one in so
2: Canberra, in Tasmania? A lot of strong woodland. You
1: know. yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll write, it, but, I'll write it 140 <laughs> characters. That's as far as I'm prepared to protest. <laughs> that's about it. That's um, <laughs> but
2: yeah, let's... Yeah, it's it's a good sign. They've they've promised, they've delivered something to us, and it's it's small steps for the FFA. Right. I'm I'm
1: uncomfortable with this F and they pray. So we're going to move on to something slightly negative, <laughs> negative. and that's them. Um, the the news this week that Melbourne City's official supporters group, the Melburnians, have decided to hang up their um, whatever it is they wow, carry it, it their flags yeah, and banners and scars and the whole lot uh, after the derby this weekend. And um, they've officially called <laughs> it a day a lot of people having a laugh and a joke at their expense as as they ha- should do on social media because that's what it's for but there's a serious undertone to this and it was the bit of a blasé uh, farewell tweet that Melbourne City put out as if to say, oh, alright, thanks, see you later um, rather than, I, don't, I just don't believe that they've probably put in a, a lot of work to keep these guys on board and playing, you know, from being a member of Active Support where there's been friction between around the club for for a while, um, how important the, the, these active guys are in creating an atmosphere, and uh, I mean, City can't exactly afford to have the atmosphere getting worse, can they? No, they can't.
3: Um, it's a shocking game to go to. So I've been to a Ugh. couple of Melbourne Victory games. They'd be City. lucky if there's six to seven thousand. Melbourne yeah. City. Oh, sorry, guys uh, Melbourne City. Come on. Sorry, Melbourne. <laughs> uh, Anywhere else in <laughs> Just that lot over there. Um, See, sorry, on. Melbourne City. Um, and it, yeah, it's shocking. Um,
2: Look, it's it's not a good thing. And I, I joked saying I didn't realise they had, you know, I made yeah. my little joke that they only shot to the Derby and whatever. But you've had the Northern Terrace. You've had the Yellow Army, whatever they're called. You've had the Perth Terrace. You've had the BWE, you know, uh, BWB, yeah, that originated when victory. It's mm. it's a sad day when you see supporter clubs fold. Well, I don't
3: think all of those ones have folded. Some of them have just evolved.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah but there's um, been a lot of, there's been a lot of issues between clubs and supporter supporter bases, and you would obviously know being yeah. part of the shed and the terrace and yeah. whatnot. And we've seen the terrace and the shed go head to head. And at the end of the day, you want them there because that's what. Like I've gone to football games and I've gone to a city game mm-hmm. against, um, you know, in the derby, and it's amazing. And but then I've gone to a city game against Glory and the Perth Glory, whatever they're called over there. Are, you know, more louder than the city supporters. So, you know,
1: something, the badge. The badge. sorry, that's <laughs> it. The
2: badge. I don't think it's right. an so acronym for just for yeah. those who
1: don't realise. <laughs> it rolls off a song.
2: It's just, yeah, that's what we call it. But it's just <laughs> that is, um Above the Belt
1: kids.
2: Above the belt. Um it's sad. It's very sad. And Tony came out um Pinata, your um, CEO and he said it, it's a you know, you want more fans, not less. So and as Neil said, the the statement that the club came out with, you you're supposed to be supported by one of the biggest EPL clubs, um, you know, with Man City. So something needs to be done. It's Is sad. Your, oh, it's your club. Club. Hey, club. It's your it's, club. It's, what, do you do you have club? what have of, you got to say? What have Man City had to say for themselves?
1: Uh, yeah, look, uh, maybe they'll come back as the, the Manchester, I don't know, city. the People's Front of Melbourneia or something. Of all, but I'm genuinely you disappointed say, with yeah. everything that the, the City Football Group have contributed so far to the A League. I thought they would come in and I guess the writing was on the wall when David Villa was here for about 48 hours, but <laughs> I think I think they've they've not they've they're not done, done enough. I thought they'd come in and they they'd splash the cash and, and want to flex their muscles in the A League and be a a power over here and and because a lot of that stuff that the, the City Football Group do is 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 ego ge- generated. They're they're building this conglomerate around the world and they've got Franchises right, left, and centre. It just seems that none of it is feeding through to to Melbourne City. I, I know that they've built in better facilities. They're no longer um, getting photographed in wheelie bins after games, which we can all agree is is it a is pretty amazing. it's yeah, a pretty good lost. step for the look of the league. And um, but just on, the on park product is not good enough. Uh, I thought Warren Joyce was a very very underwhelming appointment um, last time. He's he's been a water carrier at, at a number of clubs. A little bit of uh, he, and he's done well at youth and I do get that, but he's not he's not a name you know we wanted somebody to come into Melbourne City and, and sex up the league a little bit and jazz it up and even bring in a marquee with, with a big name but're we're seeing we're seeing they're the archetypical recycling club at the moment, which I thought they weren't going to be. A league clubs get slated slated all the time for just for the, amount, for the amount of recycle players that they bring in. I just thought city would be different. They um, they they bring through a nice group of youth players from the new facilities they've created and blended with some international flair, and we're we're just not seeing that. Their best player at the moment is is alienated uh, for Neroli, which is a shame for the league as a whole because he's a cracking player. Uh, it's rumors, just nasty so that
2: he signed for a club. There's there's strong rumours out there that he has signed, and it'll be very interesting because there was a statement put out that you know um, that City refused to allow him to sign for another A League club in a transfer. They're just going to let him sit there. I don't understand. What's, we don't know what's going on behind there. No player, as they say, is bigger than the team and whatnot. But Joy seems to be making these constant mistakes with his team, with players leaving. Um, and it's, it sounds like uh, he has he has signed for someone. So it would be very interesting to see where he goes. I'm, I think it's Sydney. But it could be central coast I, I, hope to, I hope we
1: don't listen to the league i, I don't want to lose another in order quality player to an asian league midway through the season he's got a lot to contribute still to the a league and has been a great goal scorer yep. and a great player so you want to keep these guys around
3: yeah no, absolutely i was just going to say back on the um active support kind of thing it always seems and we've gone through this at the glory when times have been tough you know on and off the field in terms of the club sense then you get the active fans uh, problems, and they, these things seem to be magnified when your club's not going very well at all. You, you very seldomly mm-hmm. hear about these kind of issues when your club is flying. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, just uh, hopefully the, the guys see it out, and then uh, maybe there might be, might be a new group rock up for them and just give the, give the place a
1: little bit more of a buzz. All right, let's let's wrap things up then. Um, for, we won't we won't dive too deep into the fixtures because there's plenty coming up over the Christmas period. But just on the ladder as a, as a whole, we we all know who's sitting top at the moment, which is which is quite nice to look at. Um, Melbourne Victory in second, hot on the the heels of glory, just two points behind Sydney FC third, and Melbourne City for all their problems are still fourth on the ladder. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to make a title challenge with the way they're going, but they're still in that top four. So. You know, that maybe maybe Warren Joyce will get a few more results and, and buy himself some time. Um, Adelaide United, they're in fifth. The Knicks doing well, um, picking up a few nice results. Um, they're in sixth, and then the Jets in seventh. Western Sydney Wanderers eighth. Brisbane Roar ninth, and the Mariners tenth. And Brisbane Roar ninth. Bit of a surprise, um, Donna. You guys played them at the weekend. that a man sent off early? Bautier uh, <laughs> just lost his head completely. The absolute idiot, yeah. And did his team no favors in a game that they were already going to be up against. That uh, in he he did the, he he I, his teammates. I didn't realise
2: he was a marquee. This whole time he's their marquee player. Yep. So and um, I was listening to John Aloisi's press conference, and he said he's constantly targeted and constantly targeted and. Then they showed highlights of um, him being targeted, let's say, and most of the challenges have been quite fair. Uh, you know, if he's a good player, that's what's going to happen. Players from the opposition are going to target you, you're going to be the their watch player. Um, and he had a complete brain fade, and that tackle was just, it was unnecessary. But um, I didn't pick him to do very well, and I think I said Aloisi would be the first coach to get the sack <laughs> this year. So. Um, it doesn't help when you've got hothead Ross Eloise on the bench, uh, carrying on like a pork chop, um, and then you've got John doing the same thing, but um, he seems to have these brain fades, and he's, you could see throughout the match, I had to come home and watch it after um, because I was working, but you could see him slowly building into that, and it, it costs his team, and you're already up against it seeing what Victor has been producing. You don't want to be a man down. Um, no, <laughs> they,
1: they didn't exactly do their bit for no. um, player referee relations either. <laughs> with uh, the referees having the respect oh, badge God. covered up on their sleeve with band aids. Uh, <laughs> the old band aid is, is, is it seems to be an A league staple that just comes just out the every and I
3: thought um, actually it was Adam Fielding who's just come who's come through the WA ranks. I thought he'd done a pretty good job that night, to be fair, as, as rep.
2: Just yeah, in, yeah, yeah, just he figured, controlled
1: he the game. Controlled yes, sorry, I'll the I'm no, um, yes. just still going on about the Did a good job of getting the
2: Band-Aid on. Yeah, <laughs> I, couldn't I couldn't figure out what it was. And bro. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, I, I,
3: as I said, I, I noticed that. and when she said that, I actually noticed it was Adam Fielding. and I watched the game, yeah. not just because it was Adam Fielding, but it was interesting no, no, to see he, how he goes in refereeing a game well. over, 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 over East. So. Yeah, um, it was very
2: interesting to watch. But yeah, so I'll make Boteat. I think he'll get a couple of weeks on the sidelines and then... We'll start all over again but again well it's funny it's because market. a lot of people
3: would have said that would be a straight card just for the tackle oh,
2: i
1: thought it was zone. a straight so, card yeah.
3: now that he's got the, the a second
2: oh,
1: yellow one just, week instead yeah, of yeah yeah target. exactly um yeah. so mm, and uh anyway. he'll, he'll he'll be joined by another brain fader and Vedran Janjedovic oh, uh, on the sidelines this week silly. after his uh his handball outside the penalty area in sydney derby uh, another moment of madness but that's why we love the league um this weekend's games just run through them quickly friday night we all, all know the big one Purple lori in sydney fc Saturday you've got Wellington Phoenix and Brisbane Roar, which uh, precedes the Melbourne Derby, City are the home side against Victory at that one at Amy Park. Sunday uh, we've got uh, the Central Coast Mariners and the Newcastle Jets, the, the F3 Derby, still call it that, and Royal Donovan's back for the Jets and then we have a gap until wednesday and which is uh boxing day and it's adelaide united against western sydney Wanderers. so you can put your feet up on boxing day after your fill of beers and food uh 4 50 p.m kickoff for us so that's a nice little surprise to have in there uh, belated christmas present um with two teams going at it in that one so that's that's where we're at and then there's there's, we move on to round 10 pretty much straight away and on 28th of december you've got Victory and the Phoenix, and then the 29th. It's a festival, there's games every day. 29th, Sydney Roar. 30th, Jets, Adelaide. And then New Year's Eve, we've got uh, the Mariners hosting Glory, and they have their traditional game at a. Uh, at their, at their home ground, they have that every year. And then the New Year's Day game is Western Sydney Wanderers and Melbourne City. So it's a bit of a festival of football. The 26th you've got a game, and then from the 28th right through to the 1st, there's a game a day. So plenty of football to watch and on your time off. And and, uh, and then Glory come back in January. We'll get a game then, because um, Blaine's off on holidays, so he won't be around.
3: Yeah, off to uh,
1: Malaysia for a bit of a tour around and a bit of a sit on a beach for a week, and yeah, just a general chill decent. I'm off to, where am I going? I'm going to Calvary for a few days. A uh, bit of a spin up there post Christmas and before New Year, before I get my uh, my disco on at Origin. Uh, I'll be mixing with, <laughs> with all the cool kids down on the foreshore. <laughs> Very excited. Donna can just picture me there. now. Yeah, I'm
2: good. picturing you raving up there. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, look at I'll me. be there on my
1: glow sticks. Um, but um, don't forget
2: to come and see us at the, um, yes. at the game on Friday. We'll be there taking all the fan reactions and... Having a chat, so don't have you know? Don't be scared to come and speak to us. Win or lose, it'd be great to, for you guys to <laughs> come and have a chat. Um, but yeah, we'll obviously be back in the new year and hopefully get some of the W League um, girls on and a couple of youth players as well. We've got an exciting time with the Asian Cup coming up as well, yeah. so a lot of exciting things happening. And you for wanted us. to
1: mention a yeah, so um, uh,
2: the West Ham uh, supporters group over here is holding an event on uh, December 30. Um, down at the Gussner, Um Hotel on Hay Street. And it's in support of DT38 and another charity that um, West Ham are affiliated with. So if you're a West Ham supporter, come down. They've got um, an ex-legend coming out to speak, David Cross as well, apparently known as The Psycho. I don't know much about him, but West Ham supporters will. Um, a lot of auction items and stuff, so it'll be good. And there's a lot of exciting things happening um, at DT38, um, a new look board and whatnot. So that will be shortly announced. So we'll be a full steam ahead here in, um, in Australia with the A-League as well
1: cool well that's it from us and uh, don't forget to check us out on all the social media channels far post perth on twitter facebook and instagram um thanks to everyone who's listened in uh, over the past year uh 2018's done and dusted thanks to per glory for helping us out with guests they've been really really helpful uh, getting some great players on jason davidson chris Economides. uh we'll have plenty more in the new year as well so yeah it's, it's much appreciated it's great to hear the hear the, hear the thoughts of the players as, as we go throughout the season hopefully the results keep up as well but Get out to the last game of the year on Friday night at NIB Stadium and uh, we'll be there. And if we don't see you there, we'll speak to you in the new year with a podcast. So thanks again for your time and thanks for listening and we'll speak to you soon.